0: Have you ever been to rock bottom so low that you had to pull yourself out of a ditch, maybe even quite literally, you crashed the car again? Well, my guest today has been. I'm joined by author, entrepreneur, motivational speaker, and self-made millionaire Ronald Worley today to talk about his new book, Ditches to Riches, How to Survive Your Fucked-Up Life and Create a Kick-Ass Business. I love the title, by the way, Ron. That's awesome.
1: Thank you, man. And and now I know I can cuss, so we're good.
0: (laughs) I I try and keep it down to a minimum, but you know what? I'm not going to edit somebody out entirely. I'll bleep things for the YouTube copy just because they'll get mad about it, but otherwise, nah. I love it. And let's see. So today we're going to talk about the five types of friends you need to have a rich life and a profitable business. But before we get into that, my name is Brent. I am The Fallible Man. This is The Fallible Man Podcast. And Ron thank you for joining us today. And thank you for joining us on the podcast. I thank totally you. loved your book, by the way, I, I just got to put that out right at the beginning. I get to, I'm very blessed doing podcasts to get to read several different books that have been forwarded to me by people I've been getting to have on the show. But I truly, truly enjoyed reading your book. It spoke to me. Oh, well, thank you very much. That's, that's a lot
1: to be said there by you. I appreciate that. I, uh, you know, I always like to, I like to hear from people on, to me, I can't even believe people read the damn thing, but apparently it's, it's helping people. So that's good.
0: <laughs> I enjoyed the book thoroughly when you guys reached out, I've read several, like I said, for other interviews I've done and it just, your book really spoke to me at you were really yeah. critical about your own writing skills, but honestly you could just hear the honesty behind the book it made it seem much more real and touching to me at a personal level than something that's a hundred percent polished. Yeah, man.
1: And that was the whole plan, man. I just wanted to be honest and that's, that's what I try and do uh, in life and business and everything. It's just be as real and honest as I can. Um, which is, you know, it's, it's like practicing all the time because everybody in the world wants to put on some sort of, face or coat, you know, you don't want to be exposed to the world, uh, in a way that I was exposed in the book. But at the same time, you can't really, you can't really be, you can't really be trustworthy without being vulnerable. And I feel like if I can just be vulnerable to everybody, they get the real me. And if you like me, great. If you don't, well, move on down the road. Right. All right. Uh, I, I think business, and I think it works in life and it really seems to help people out if if we just stop with the BS and, and be real, you know? Yep. So I tried to get that across in the book, too.
2: <laughs> this is the Fallible Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Here is your host, the Fallible Man, Brent Dowler.
0: guys, welcome back. I'm here with Ron Worley, author, businessman, entrepreneur. Ron is a self-made man. And guys, as you know, we talk about on this channel, becoming the very best version of yourself. And that's not always an eloquent, eloquent, if I can talk right, or a beautiful journey, but it's a journey we all got to take. And Ron is just like us. He's made this journey throughout his life to get to where he is today. Ron, your list of accolades and titles is, you know aptly earned, but in chapter two, you write about creating your, I am statement of your book. So tell us, tell my listeners what they need to learn, what they need to know about who Ron Worley is.
1: Yeah. So, you know, that I do a pretty good job of just being out there for people. Um, but you know, I'm an honest, trustworthy, uh, vulnerable man. You know, I'm, I'm the most, uh, imperfect, person you've ever met and it shows up in in all aspects of my life and and i just don't care you know that's uh that's just part of me i've kind of learned to own that part of me i hide that part of me and uh uh and you know recently since since i've become an older man i've decided to stop worrying about those kind of things and and just let the real me be out there Um, which if you read the book, you'll see like, man, I had serious, uh, issues with, uh, you know, self-esteem and, and things like that, that, uh, for me to be able to be just Ron Worley at this age in my life, uh, it's huge. It's a big deal. I worked hard at it.
3: Okay. So we'll,
0: we'll start with easy questions, right? okay what's your favorite ice cream
1: oh my gosh that isn't easy uh my so my wife gets us three pounds of butter pecan uh it's not i don't know if it's even three pounds it's in the huge it's 10 gallon buckets of ice cream that we get from goober's ice cream here locally and uh and I've, it's become my favorite it didn't used to be but it is now butter pecan
0: i i love butter pecan it's goober's uh, local to your colorado right
1: Yep. Yep. Local. It's in little, little town of Johnstown.
0: Here. Okay. Well, I, I've been oh. to Scrumptious over in Arvada. Oh yeah.
1: That's
0: uh, my, good. my brother-in-law live, or my brother lives in Arvada, so he took me to Scrumptious when I was down vacationing. So, nice. Uh, you guys got some good ice cream out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, who who did you write this book for? Who was your target audience as you were writing?
1: yeah so really it was 18 to 35 year olds i'm finding out that it's it's helping uh older older than that but uh tentatively it was uh 18 to 35 uh people who have been through adversity in their lives and they just haven't quite come out the other end of it uh gracefully or or um you know, with a lot of self-esteem and things like that. And it's also uh, aimed towards people who are, are trying to open up their new business or trying to get a new promotion at work or um, just trying to succeed after they've had this huge adversity in their lives.
3: Okay. Uh,
0: what, what kind of car is that on the book cover? <laughs> that is my GTR Nismo.
1: Um, Nissan makes that car, and uh, I, yeah, that is that is my reward for That's for just life, man. <laughs> 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 There's 853 horsepower to the wheels, so about a, about a thousand under the hood, and it scares the bejebas out of my wife every single time she gets in it.
0: So. Well, we all gotta have our toys, right? I'm a motorcycle guy, so you know, I I get it. I, yeah, I didn't recognize it right off the bat, so I had to ask.
1: Yeah, it's a good looking car. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, I took it out racing this last week,
0: man, and whew, <laughs> some fun. <laughs> All right. Now you talk about the whirly way on your website, and I've got your website actually up on my other screen over here. You can't see. I've been looking through that. And so before we get into really the specific subject talk, topic I want to talk about, tell me about the whirly way and this personal code you came up with. Yeah. So I, I have
1: a, a friend of mine now. Um, I call him my man coach. It's Jim Hensel. You write him in the book. Um, right. yeah. When I met him, I had zero values or new route right, right from, I didn't know right from wrong. I just knew what got me in jail and what didn't. Um, and, and being raised up by an alcoholic family, you know, there, it was specific things I did wrong. I was told I was wrong or right. Um, But there was no general consensus for right and wrong throughout my childhood. So I really did. I seriously lacked that ability to know right from wrong. I know you don't kill somebody. I know you don't steal, but that's just because the law says that now, what do you do when you're nobody's looking and your character what is, and your, what does your character say? Um, and so Jim helped me uh, figure out what my actual values were, and and there were some things I cared about, and there were some things I wanted to care about. There were some things that I knew were important to my family and important to me, and so I jotted those all down. We came up with ten of them, um, and those are the values. Uh, as far as as far as why I have them, you know, it, it's a great mantra. Mm -hmm. Um a great guide for me to live my life. Uh it also helped me raise my kids. Um, it gave them some structure, gave me structure to structure them really. Uh but yeah, the whirly way, that's so if you if you envision um my father, uh he was a lot of things, but he was also very proud of his name, the wor you know, the whirlies. And he quite literally would stand on the table in his whitey tidies and beat his chest and say we're the whirlies and he'd scream this and and he made us really believe that we were that our name was something and Mm -hmm. and it really wasn't and um and and I sort of took from that you know like I need to be proud of who I am I need to be proud of my name uh but here's why now now I know why I have 10 values that tell you why um yeah so that's why I made the whirly way and and Essentially, that's what the book's about: is the worldly way and how that's uh, affected my life and how uh, it's helped me run businesses.
0: And that that connects with me. Um, I grew up very, you know, God family country kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, I have the Dowlin family crest hanging on my wall right now there you go. Uh, that there my you. grandfather had made years ago, tracing yep. back from our lineage. You know, I was I was raised to be very proud of my name, so that makes sense to me a lot.
1: Yeah, you know, and that's that's who that's who reaches that's who connects to my book a lot more. So it makes sense that you you liked it. Um, it's the people that need that that mantra or that uh, that honor, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and and there's you know, I hate to say it this way because I don't want to uninclude un- anybody or you know from because it works for everybody if they're interested, but men really, really uh, are attracted to this type of thinking because we believe in, in an honor code or, um, you know, we're we're the hunter, we're the fighter, we're the warrior. And uh, no matter how much society tries to beat that out of us, we're all still, that's how we are. We're, we're wired that way. So, uh, you know, it really speaks to our heart to, to have this sort of mantra in our
0: lives. Go on, let me... Let me stop and and focus this for just a minute for our listeners. Guys, did you catch that? You know, what got me in or out of jail? Alcoholism. So all of you guys out there who are struggling right now and thinking that you are too far gone or you made too many mistakes, we're talking with a really real individual who has struggled, who has had hardship, who has had difficulties in his life that most of us can't even begin to imagine. You're not too far to start making good choices.
1: right. Amen to that man. I, I'm glad you said that. that's uh, you know it, when I was 19 years old and I'd gone to jail for my first time and uh, and I was actually blamed for a crime that I didn't even do and, and eventually let go. but man it I thought it was over. I, I literally thought my whole life was ruined. Uh, in that moment, at 19 years old, uh, and ultimately, you know, if if one of my kids went through the same thing, that would be the talk that I had with them. Hey, man, dust yourself off, start making good choices, get away from the people you're hanging out with, and whatever got you into that mess, and and away you go. You know, people forget out there too. You know, now my criminal background will never. I don't have any felonies, but you know, I got a lot of other things and. Um that'll never go away. You know, I'll always have to deal with that. But that's what that's what keeps me honest. And that and that also is uh when somebody asks me about my background, it's a good way for me to sell a book now. So
0: <laughs> you know, people people weigh things differently, right? So your story has a lot of weight to it because you went from that extreme to becoming a very successful by anybody's standards, a very successful businessman who can take care of your family and has made been made it to a point where you can make the choices you want to. You have enough financial support at this point to be able to make choices and have choices. And not everybody does. Right. It, it's very encouraging for people to be able to go, well, wait, this guy did it. Right. I think we always look for those stories. That's one of those things we, we crave as humans. If you watch, uh, a lot of movies, right? There's always a bunch of stories. Redemption is always a big, a big oh, yeah. theme, right? For sure. And I used to be a youth minister, and it disturbs me how many teenagers think that one or two bad choices and, and they're done. Life is over. It's like, oh, I can never come back. Seriously, you're 17, man. You know, it's right. It really, it really used to upset me as a youth minister. It's like, how can you think you are so far gone? because you made a bad choice or two.
1: Right. Right. That's truth, man. And, and I think that's one of the things that, that I, I really look for in a mentee. I really don't want uh, kids or young people. Everybody's a kid to me. Anybody under 30 is a kid now. So <laughs> uh, I don't want these kids that I help out. Uh, I don't want the perfect ones, man. I want the ones that have been through something and, uh, really truly want the help uh, to overcome that and and there's a lot out there man anymore you can't do anything you know at least when I was a kid I could we could have a fight or two and or 10 or whatever and, yeah. and every, <laughs> you know and you, and you walked away from the fight and probably were friends later and, and it was all good but uh, now you get in trouble for everything.
0: From per, per perspective how old are you?
1: i am 48 years
0: old okay so you're only a little bit older than me i, I was gonna say I'm, I'm still in that same same group man we I, I got in multiple fights at schools over the years and the worst i ever got was home from school for a day or two yeah and yeah now exactly, i look yeah. at schools and it's like my nephew actually got his ass kicked by like three guys like he got jumped hard man. when the teachers broke it up he was curl up in the ball bleeding on the floor with three or four guys kicking him he got suspended like he actually got expelled eventually forget how to be kicked wrong guy what the heck? <laughs> right I, I don't get it you can't do anything anymore yeah. so let, let's get into it now we're gonna talk about the five types of friends you need to have a rich life and a profitable business you come up with did you come up with that title or was that your publicist no no I did all
1: this man I really don't no,
0: <laughs> no okay I, I didn't know she uh, when your people sent me the information, there's like, here's some suggested titles. Like, that's a pretty good title right there. I like that.
1: <laughs> I, I will let you know that uh, my publicist did a lot of, she really makes things look and like talk. They're, it's smooth, man. <laughs> she, she's good.
0: All right. So tell us about friend type number one.
1: Ride or die friends, those are my, so these, I actually start out with my favorite ones. Um, uh, there's, there's gotta be people in our lives that uh, have been there for a long time uh, that, that you can say absolutely anything to. I mean, literally I have ride or die friends that I can go up to and say, hey, I just killed somebody, what am I gonna do? And, and they would give me their advice. And, and my ride or die friends share the same values as me. Um, so they would tell me to go turn myself in, in a situation like that. But um, they also are very much like fanboys. I mean, they cheer me on. I cheer them on. Um, but my, my ride or die friends also were there when I was homeless. Um, they helped me get through addictions. I've helped them get through divorces and addictions and things like that, too. But these guys are like crucial, crucial to my life. And I only have three, three of them, maybe four.
0: I, I was going to ask, let's be realistic about that. Right. Honestly, most people, my, my experience has been, you know, two, maybe three or four people in your life are ever going to be like that. Right. So this is like the holy inner sanction, right? Sanctum, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is like the Knights of the round table. Right. And mm-hmm. and. It, with all these friends, they're they're they have a particular job to do at your table, and these are your two, you know, your two to three or four knights that are with you day and night, and and they protect you, and they've got you in mind. That's it. Um, now, of course, these guys have families and things like that, and boy, you can fight and have arguments and disagree, and and, and of course all that, but at the end of the day, you're still friends and you go fishing and you, you know, fact, yeah. uh, my, my main ride or die friend, uh, Sean Fitzgerald, uh, when I went through my, uh, my last turmoil back in, when I was 43, I, I, uh, had heart failure and I dropped dead in the, in the courthouse. And, um, to top off my crazy ass life, that's, that was the last thing to happen to me. And he moved here, 300 miles away. He, he's always been far away from me, but he he just moved here to be closer to me. Um, at that time, we thought I wasn't going to live very long, um, so he just wanted to spend time before he before I passed. But you know, he's still here. I'm still here, and we're still going fishing all the time. And uh, I still go to him with every single. I almost I probably download to him at least once a week. You know. <laughs> So they're highly important to your professional life and they're really important to your personal life. And, and honestly, we, our businesses are an extension of us. So if we're not healthy, if we're not, if our lives aren't manageable, uh, our businesses aren't going to be either our careers aren't going to be any, any sort of promotions you want to get down the line. It's, it's not going to happen if you're not centered and, and good, uh, you know, in your heart. Uh, and, and so that's why these people are important to us. All
0: right. And guys, hey, if you're getting something out of this interview, be sure and hit the like button and we're going to roll to our sponsor and we'll be right back. More with Ron.
2: Today's episode brought to you by thefallibleman.com. That's right. It's us. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com and check out our blog, Updated twice a week with new content and links to all of our social media offerings. Tag or search us at The Fallible Man or at Fallible Man on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social medias for daily content. While you're there, check out our attitude swag, shirts, cups, stickers, and more. Again, that's www.thefallibleman.com.
0: All right, guys, welcome back. We're here with author Ron Worley discussing his book and specifically the five types of friends you need for a rich life and a profitable, profitable business. Before the break, Ron talked to us about our ride and die friend that everybody needs. Now, Ron, let's talk about friend number two. You say we need.
1: Yeah. So we call them business friends. Um, so for me, a business friend, I I've always needed for me, they're mentors, um, you know, I've always needed someone. I'm a street smart person. And so I always am looking for that business friend that is going to feel the other side of that. Um, You got street smart, you got book smart. I'm not necessarily a book smart guy. So I'm always looking for that book smart guy. Um, Business friends, you know, I use that word, that term friend, because that's my value. And and I have to work at being a friend. um, It's part of my life and something I have to do. But Business friends are people that you have business in common with. Maybe they own one and you own one. Uh, not necessarily the same type. Just they, they know what you've been through business-wise. They have some ideas to help you out. The reason I say they're more like mentors is because, you know, these aren't guys that you're going to tell your deepest, darkest secrets to. These are guys that you're going to say, man, I had this problem what did you do in this situation? You know, and they're really fun to hang out with because you got a lot of things in common. Um, these guys are the ones you go to meet, like, uh, you know, coffee with, you go to dinner with, you go to uh, certain parties with, maybe you, you hang out at the same functions, probably you go to the same volunteering and you know, all that stuff. So uh, you're running into them all over town probably, or, or across the country, whatever you're doing. But when you see them, you're glad to see them. You're happy. You have fun. You're connected. You're just probably not going fishing with them all the time unless it's, you know, I don't know. I I guess I do go fishing with my business friends too, but (laughs) I'm not not sitting down and telling these guys that I'm having a problem at home with my wife or kids or something like that. I try to keep it pretty professional.
0: So these are the guys you bat ideas back and forth with about your business. Like, hey, you know, I was looking at this option. Uh, to yep. invest in some marketing what, what do you have you guys experienced anything with that type of marketing what's your results kind yeah. of thing
1: yeah for sure and and the the relationship is just it's a, it's more it, it reminds me of a football team the relationship there it's kind of like a family because you guys got the same common interests but you're just your goal is to go out and kick ass that's what you want to do together you mm-hmm. know and a lot of my business friends have become business partners. And uh, because we have so much in common, it's like we have to start something together. And and we do. And, you know, you push each other and, and you, just, you just kick ass together, man. It's fun. You go out and win the game.
0: All right. Let's keep going. Let's get into friend number three.
1: So spiritual friends. Uh, this is one of my, this is probably my favorite one. Uh, my spiritual friend is Jim Hensel. Um, And when I say spiritual, I don't mean, you know, religious, I mean, spiritual inside your, yourself. Mm -hmm. This is the, this, this helps your psyche, your, uh, this is the person that you, so when I go to my, my spiritual friend, it, it, I'll, he'll use my values to help me find my place and get centered back in my world. And and I'll do the same thing to him. Now, I can tell him almost everything. But when I'm talking to him, we're looking for solutions rather Mm -hmm. than just being a sounding board. And we can push each other. And I can be honest with with him. In fact, this is like the parent that you never, you know, you don't want to tell them certain things because you know what the parents are already going to say. So there's some things that... I probably don't take to him because I already know what he's going to say. Um, and so I'm pointless. I just act like him and, and straighten it out myself. Um, but, you know, I, I get this. So sometimes I'll go four or five, six months without even talking to him. Uh, but then the second we get on the phone, we pick right back up. We're so connected with our values and our spirit that it just, it's like we never stop talking. Uh, in fact, I'm getting ready to go into business with uh, Jim on some of his coaching and stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna partner up with him and help out businesses with what he's doing, and he's gonna help me on my coaching side. Sort of have a product there, so it's uh, something that I've been helping him build for gosh, ten years now. Uh, because I've been I'm his biggest guinea pig and (laughs) i've been happy to do so so uh but these guys you know a lot of people can use spiritual friends can be your uh most people think of uh like your pastor Mm -hmm. and absolutely they can be that person i just you know it doesn't have to be that person right you know if you're i've gone to pastors before and and i specifically go there to get the word of god and figure out what they think of it. And it's okay to have multiple guys. I have one spiritual friend, but I also have a friend that helped me write this book. And he was a pastor and, and his take on things is, it's cool. Like I get it. It's all about God and all that, but that's just not my path for how I want to solve my problems, you know, or my, my internal peace isn't, I'm not at peace internally based off of what he says. I'm more at peace based off of my values.
0: Okay. So this person, it sounds like these are the people who in your life that when you're making choices, you can almost hear them like a conscience in your head. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because yeah. you are just you,
1: like a parent, man. Like you just hear them in there.
0: Yeah. You, you connect, you're so connected and you just know the person well enough that when you do something, you're like, you can just hear that little voice. And It's not your conscience. It's that friend going, really?
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Let's think this one through. Yeah. Like, get out know, of my head. This person
1: can kind of cross over into your ride or die friend too. Mm-hmm. I, I keep mine separate and I am very specific to not, you know, the, the difference is probably time and doing things together, sharing moments together. I, I can go back with my ride or die friends 30 years mm-hmm. with my spiritual friend, Jim, we only go back about 10 or 15 but we've never really been out causing trouble. We've never been through adversity together. We've never, you know, we haven't really done the hard time together. It's like the cellmate in jail, you know. They, when you get out, your cellmate's your, your little brother at that point. I hate to use that analogy. but
0: <laughs> No, I think, actually, you know, I was going to ask because some of our listeners are not necessarily at an age where they can process that idea. Um, right. I, was, I was laughing so hard the other day. One of, one of my best friends is we, we've we been friends for 17 years, you know, but I've got a couple of them that are my writing dice that we've been, we met when we were 14 in high school and no matter where our lives have gone, we're a phone call away. We can go months without saying words to each other. Yeah. But if I picked up that phone, and I said, I need you here now. They're dumping their life savings and jumping on a plane. No questions asked. Hey. And, uh, we, we probably have some listeners who can't quite conceptualize that length of a dedicated deep friendship necessarily at this point, right. but it is actually amazing when you get to a point in your life when you can look back and be like, wow, we've been doing this game for like 25 years together now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes you feel old. <laughs> yeah, I, I had that realization the other day I, I was talking about. It. I was like, holy crap. We've known each other 17 years now, man. we get old.
1: Yeah. Well, you know that. And, you know, it. it's hard for me to realize that I'm old. Like, the only way I know I'm old is because I have a 30th high school reunion coming up this year. And, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm old. But, you know, that's not like, I believe we're as old as we think we are. And, yeah. You know, I still feel like I'm probably just about 25 or 30 inside my heart, but you know that. So for those kids out there that are maybe 20 years old, 25 years old and below, mm-hmm. you know, you have, you still have those friends, those ride or dies those spiritual friends. You still have them. You just haven't put that length of time in yet, but it's all relative. Mm-hmm. And at, at 25 years old, somebody who you're friends with at 10 has been there or 12 years old, it, half your life, man. Right. So relative.
0: <laughs> no, I think you're right about the age thing. Cause at 41, I'm, I'm pulling 600 from the floor. So I'm, I'm not feeling too bad about that. Watching the 20 year olds around me struggle with 350, So <laughs> not bad nice. for a desk jockey, but you know, yeah. So it, it's, it's all in your head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Except the difference is I go home and, you know, put ice on my joints afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they go out and have a beer. <laughs> okay. Friend number four. I was yeah. curious about this one. It says executor or executor. Uh, my
1: executor.
0: Okay. Cause my, my grammar in English is not always the best. So <laughs> <laughs> no, this is
1: your executor friend. And, and for me, the execute, my executor friend is actually my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, she is probably, we're really good friends. Um, we we've been together 15 years again. She's not my ride or die friend. She's not the person I'm going to tell everything to, you know, um, I'm not going to be off the cuff, but there's some respect there. There's some things that I won't say to the, to this executor friend, and they're not a business friend They're They can be a business friend. Um, in fact, most of the time, they probably are. But these are people in your life that help you execute. Wow. My wife is a hell of an executor. She's the person that keeps me. It. So we're so competitive that if she's executing and doing her thing, I'm also doing that because I don't want her to out-execute me. I don't mm-hmm. want her to outdo me. I don't, you know, I'm working harder because of her. And I have another friend that's um, a business friend that we went into business with. And he's also an executor, and we push each other so much in the business that both of us are in there just kicking ass. But we're actually just competing with each other. We're trying to do better than each other. Got kind of a one up? Yeah, and it. You know, I, I look. You know, I look back after like a month of being in business with him. I'm like, holy crap! I haven't worked that hard in a long time. You know, at, at trying to just beat him. I want. I want what he's got, and he wants what I got, and. It, it works, man. If, if if you have an executor in general in your life, mm-hmm. that person will push you to also execute. You know, we can have all the ideas and all the uh, and all the want to that that we can fill ourselves up with, but until you actually put it on paper and get it done, it isn't anything. Uh, and I found that out when I was doing retail. You know, we would we would have these sales and these events and things and To actually go from an idea to actually pulling off an event, it's quite a task. You know, you have to, all the marketing and things involved. It's very, very difficult. And we got really good at being able to throw one together really quickly because we just got shit done. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's that's what made me successful is hard work and the ability to get shit done, just execute. In fact, when I started Max Muscles, I was highly embarrassed that I wasn't a business guy. All I knew was bail bonds at the time. And, and I really, I failed at a couple businesses. And this was the first time that I had a shot at, at starting something from scratch. And fortunately for me, I had a mentor that was business mentor, but a business friend, but he was also an executive friend. Mm-hmm. And even just go do this, go do that, go do this. And I would go get it done and it would be successful, you know? And he, I, I was bitching and moaning and whining to him about, you know, Hey, I don't have an education, blah, blah, blah. And, and he said, Ron, it, business isn't about your education. Business is about relationships and the ability to get stuff done. Uh, and he said, you know, you're just one of those guys, you, you go out and you get it done period. And, and, and it's ugly sometimes, but you just get it done. And, and that's, that's the people you want in your life. And if you are one of those people, you're highly valuable and you need to push and be a part of somebody else's business and be that executor. Cause you'll make a ton of money, ton of money doing that.
0: Are you going to get in trouble with your wife for saying she's not your ride or die?
1: Uh, no, she knows that <laughs> through and through. I, in fact, I, when I first told her, she was like, uh, she, she thought out, you know, it was a very tough conversation after I just opened my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she gets it, you know, like, uh, she, she's higher up on the, on the chart. If you ask me, because we do everything together, mm-hmm. you know, and now that the kids are out of the house, we really, we're alone together all the time. we, and neither one of us really take days off or, or, you know, it's all, everything we do is work-based. So we're on the same path We're, you know, our goals are all set the same. And, and, you know, what's funny is that the Whirly Way, when I first came out with it, she is very much, she's an ex-cop. She was raised right she knows right and wrong. And
3: mm-hmm. when I
1: brought it to her, she was like, yeah, duh, this is what I'm doing already. And I'm like, yeah, but I need to put it on my wall and, and talk about it and have it be at the forefront. And so she, she reluctantly got on board with it and kind of snickered about it, you know, mm-hmm. but ultimately she was the biggest executor of it. You know, she keeps me straight with it. She, she literally bounces around between all these friends for me to be honest. So, yeah, no, she's not pissed. She's gotten over it since I <laughs> first said it. So.
0: My wife and I just recorded one of my last, I think, two podcast episodes back. Uh, we recorded a anniversary episode. My wife and I just celebrated our 20th anniversary. Oh,
2: and so it.
0: we did a special edition of the podcast and just talked about these the six things that we think really contributed to 20 years of marriage for us. And everybody always box at the last one. And it's because we, we both think you should have to, you have to have a sense of humor about yourself oh, yeah. and about each other. Everybody's yep. like, you can't laugh at other people. N- no, I laugh at my wife all the time and she mocks me <laughs> relentlessly. If you can't like, you know, take yourself with a grain of salt and have yep. a little humility and be like, yeah, I do some really stupid things. And your spouse can't give you shit about that. Right. You're, you're just doomed. Right,
1: no uh, <laughs> <So> fun, man. <laughs> people
0: used to people used to think it's like there's something wrong with you guys. Like you can't talk to each other it's like No, we really can't. Actually, kind of makes our marriage work. Right. Despite- so it, it's, it's good. You gotta have that little, you know, you gotta have that understanding with your spouse. Is like, yeah, this is who we are. So yeah,
2: it sounds exactly. like you guys
0: got it worked out pretty good. Yeah. And guys, if you're getting something out of this, this is what I want you to do in the comments. If you're watching this on YouTube or even if you're listening to this on the podcast, I want you guys to tag your ride and die friend in the comment section below. Share this with them. Go on Instagram, share this podcast with them and tag your ride or die. And just let them know that they're in your thoughts that way. Tell us about friendlies number five, right? Yeah. So friendlies, uh, I needed a place to put all the
1: people that you, Probably say hi to in town, you know them, you're not, you know, you wave, you it's kind of going to like a bit, you go to like a big giant high school, and these people you see them in the hallways, and I uh, and you know who they are, but you probably don't hang out with them much. You may see them at parties, you may, you know, they may call you once in a while for a favor or something, your neighbors, things like that. Mm-hmm. The I had to have a category for them because. You know they're not a stranger, but ultimately what it was is that when uh, we had a a grand opening for one of our stores, and uh, we just put the word out that we were doing that, and and we had a fundraiser going out for this girl that had cancer, and lo and behold, all these people showed up, and half of them I didn't really know, and. But, you know, I wanted to know them. And and there's no way you can be a good friend to 600 people. That's just not a thing, right? You, there's no way. But I do want them to come back. The, these people ended up being our biggest people that bought from us. They were our, the people we marketed to. These are people that supported everything we do, mm-hmm. but we didn't have an, a, a way to, can, you know, be a friend back to them. And so we started coming up with ways to be friends with them without actually having to spend the time, without having to, you know, really be invested in their lives.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and, and, and that was quite simple. So, you know, we would, it's almost marketing, but, you know, we would send, like last, last month, we sent to all of our, friend, our friendlies a, uh, a, a coupon to go down and get a free ice cream cone at Uber's. Uh, and we'd send one for everybody in the family. So they would go down and have ice cream on us.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and it would keep the us in their thoughts, but also let them know that we know they're out there. Uh, we may not be spending valuable time with you, but we still care about you. And, and honestly, you need a big bunch of these friends. You know, you need, these friendlies are your customer. They're going to be your customer. You know, all the rest of your friends, you're probably going to give them a huge deep discount, or you're going to give them free stuff or help them out, you know, just, but these guys, they're your customer. They're the ones that are going to, they're going to pay for your product because they like you. So that's why we do so much in the community too, is, is trying to make sure people know we're out there and we care about our community, but ultimately our community takes care of us. And so these friendlies, if we take care of them, they'll take care of us back. And, and it's a great marriage, you know. Uh, I, I think a lot of people mistake friendship. And, and let me back up. So friendship for me was one of those values that I put in my value uh, in the worldly way because I wanted to be a good friend. Mm-hmm. I, to that point, was never really a good friend. I, I couldn't... I couldn't put the time in on other people because it just felt too enormous. Uh, But by categorizing it, now I had about three or four friends that I could just really pay attention to. And then I had all these other friends that I could call friends, but they're, you know, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: time less less important in a daily regimen. And so it's important to it's important to categorize people like that. I really do think that, um, you know, yesterday we went to uh, on a, these people are getting married and we went out instead of doing a bachelor party, we went gambling and stuff up in the mountains here. And, uh, and we took a bus and, and it was really cool. You know, these are people I've never hung out with before, but we chose to give, you know, to go do this thing and they in their lives. And we got to meet them in a way we've never known them before. and, you know, we're a little bit tighter, but you know, they're still friendlies though. You know, it's not like we're, they're going to come over and babysit or anything, you know, that's, that's not how it works.
0: So are you familiar with, uh, the thousand true fans paper? Uh, it was covered in the book, Superfans, I think, but I think actually just started out as kind of a thesis paper called a thousand true fans. No, I haven't. It sounds kind of like your idea of friendlies is the idea that you, to be really successful, you need that felt th- those thousand true followers who are going to buy anything you put out, who are going yep. to listen to anything you make, who are going to watch whatever you do. Just, you know, other people call them super fans. So yeah. is that the same idea as friendly? Same,
1: same thing. I, I, I was trying to walk around it because, and I always do, I, I feel guilty mm-hmm. calling them, you because they like you know they like you so much and right. they're supporting everything you do. You want to give them more than just calling them a fan, maybe, but right, that's truly what it is. These are the people you're marketing to, and and but they'll do anything you
0: ask them to do, man. Like, well, shoot. you're you you're going to build a relationship with them. You know, yeah. if they're those those devoted fans, you're going to build a comu- end up building a community with them, anyways.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, I mean, fans sounds like a cheap term for it, but it's not because you are. These are the people who are going to be in like your social media circles and commenting on Facebook groups yep. and stuff like that with you. Absolutely. So you're going to develop a relationship.
1: And that's a good point because really our, our friendlies could be huge because of social media. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's why we post, you know, it's important to to put your, maybe not always your daily life. I, I kind of get annoyed. My wife's always taking pictures for, hey. for something. And, but you know, every time we do something with one of our businesses, we celebrate it on social media. Mm-hmm. Every close the house. Every time I start a new one, when I open my book, when I, you know, all the different milestones within our businesses, we be sure and put that on there and I am just trying to keep them engaged, you know? Uh, but you know what? These are also the people, as soon as we start a new business, we send out an email and a handwritten letter to them telling them that we just started this deal here and this mm-hmm. is what we're doing. Uh, and, you know, always we get a big bunch of customers out of it right away. So they're, they're important and they are fans, man. And, and guess what? I'm a fan of many other people, you know, that I'm a part of someone else's fan base. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, all of us are following somebody or another, right? You have. RonWorley.com, right? Yep. Okay. Sorry, I'm just looking at my other screen to make sure I like I said I have it up. <laughs> but where else can people find you? Yeah, so uh
1: Ron has all my hubs on it. Um uh, you know, really I'm just available on social media. So you can go to Facebook mm-hmm. and look uh Ron L Worley and then uh Instagram, I'm at Ronald L. the second. Uh, and th- those—that's my two social media platforms. Uh, generally, if you just want to email me, There's Ron, so at ron. <laughs> com, I can get a hold of you quite easily. Okay. Uh, I do, I do communicate, and I do um, try to share my wisdom with people. So, anybody who wants to be mentored or you know coached along, or even just needs to talk to somebody, mm-hmm. email me. I'll reach back out. Uh you can get my book at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. But again, if you go to Ron dot RonWorley.com, you can get him there
0: too. So. Okay. What is next for Ron Worley?
1: Yeah, man. So I've really uh been working on my value of freedom. Um, and so for me, it's working smarter. I've got uh my businesses are now kind of self-producing and I'm selling a few houses here and there, but really, I'm working on uh, trying to step back from hard work so much and more and add more freedom to my life. So a little more traveling, mm-hmm. um, fishing, golfing, things like that. I know that sounds horrible, but uh, and I feel guilty because my wife works her balls off all the time. But <laughs> I'm enjoying it, man. I, I'm spending a lot of time with people and and I'm enjoying that. I did just start up a new company, a development company. So I'm doing that, but I've got, I still got three and and another deal going uh, business going, but uh, you will see me with Jim Hensel and mayhem mindset here soon. Uh, That's going to be my, that's going to be a goal of mine to get done by the end of this year. So I can start traveling around and helping people when everybody's done with this pandemic stuff. pandemic stuff. And, So, yeah, hopefully I'll be traveling around and and I'll be able to speak a little bit.
0: Well, Ron, I appreciate you taking the time to join us today on the podcast. I will definitely put out links for your book and tell you guys as we release stuff. Thank you for spending time with us. The book is amazing. Guys, go out and get you a copy of Ditches to Riches. This
2: has been the Fallible Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.